Hey guys, it's Adam from Casper Dog Training with another episode of the podcast. This podcast, I'm going to be addressing a listener question that was submitted via the Anchor.fm webpage. Um, you can, of course, uh, go to Anchor.fm forward slash Adam Casper, and you can become a supporter. Um, you can support me by clicking on one of the uh, the icon that says support, and you can donate 99 cents per month and uh, make my day that way. Uh, but you can send questions, more importantly, through the message link. There's a message link, and you record a message, or you can email me um, at adam at casperdogtraining.com. But also on that Anchor page, which is so great, it has links to almost all my social media. So if you have Twitter, if you have Instagram, or if you have Facebook, which most everybody does, you can ping me on there and, and get questions directly to me. That is, of course, you can also email me. Now, um, for everybody that's listening on, on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Anchor.fm, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and everywhere else, please follow, rate, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. Just uh, you know, a couple clicks will, will show me that uh, I'm getting the love from not just the U.S., but the 20 other countries that are listening to this. And uh, I feel so grateful to everybody that does listen and stream and follow and subscribe. And hey, every once in a while, if you're asked for a rating, please don't hesitate to give me a five-star rating. It would be really appreciated. So let's get to Cassie's question. Um, I'm always happy to talk to other Malinois dog owners because they are such an amazing breed. But they're the breed that if I was giving advice out to a stranger, I'd say don't get one because they have such high drives. Uh, and what I mean by high drives is whatever you think your dog is, well, the Malinois is probably a little bit more. It's almost like having a, uh, a monster truck that was designed by Ferrari. They do everything big. Uh, they're very destructive when, they, when something gets in their way. And um, they're also very intelligent, very sophisticated, but high maintenance. And uh, I guess that would be a good comparable. There, they would be like a, if Ferrari made a monster truck. Um, not disparaging Fra uh, Ferraris or anybody that uh, is is from Italy, but they're kind of known for uh, having a lot of time in the shop, and they're very expensive to, to keep up. Same thing as Malinois. So, um, what her question was, and I, I really don't really know if there was a question there, but really it was more like, okay, the dog really enjoys the, the food-based rewards and their high-value rewards, and, and that's effective. But I'm guessing what she's saying is once once the dog sees the Kong toy, he basically checks out, and he can't focus anymore. So this is part of, uh, uh, part of behavior conditioning where we have to move slowly, and sometimes we have to do a little bit of a bait-and-switch. Sometimes it is a bit of a ne negotiation, but here's the reality of things. When I'm teaching fetch to a lot of dogs, I'll get um, more than one, let's say, tennis ball. Or, you know, in a Malinois case, get a lacrosse ball. Um, lacrosse balls are harder. They're like a rubbery out outer coating. They do bounce. Um, they're hard to destroy, and uh, Malinois seem to really love them. Also, they, they, they offer the additional benefit of when the Mal is really excited and you're not paying attention, say you're looking at your phone or something, and they come to you all excited with the ball in their mouth and they drop it. They drop it right on your toes and you'll feel it. So that's the extra little added bonus of having a lacrosse ball right in your dog's mouth that your dog's going to drop. So editorial uh, commentary for a second. If you're going to give your dog a, um, 
a ball like this, um, definitely talk to your vet. You know, uh, it is kind of a hard ball. I don't want to risk any dental damage or, or, you know, for you guys to run out and buy them. Uh, you know, stay with the Chuck It Balls or the Kong toys and, and things like that. Things that are kind of like more approved for canine use. Uh, I just threw that out there and I just want to backpedal for a second just to get everybody on the same page. Okay. Now, for uh, Cassie and her her four-year-old, three-year-old uh, Malinois Krieger, working with impulse control is probably the most important thing you can do with, with a Malinois. you got to get their focus and at least have the ability to steer their their attention, their wherever their nose is pointing and pointing it at you instead of the, the prey or, uh, or the bite or the, the chase or whatever. You know, get it off that and onto you because usually the Malinois at that point will be looking for instruction number two and uh, they're not satisfied until they get uh, some sort of job to fulfill. So there's plenty of stuff I've, I've published in, in the uh, podcast so far that does address and, and speaks to impulse control and, and leave it commands. Um, I'm always going to add more and we're going to do more and more complexity. But for right now, I think what Cassie's talking about is motivation. So certain motivators work well. And, and I think if anybody that's had a dog for long enough knows that you might start off with, um, say, your, your puppy that's 8 to 10 weeks, and you might be do, using the dog's own kibble for, um, for their treats and for their rewards for uh, 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 doing obedience work. Um, sometime in the near future, I have another idea for an episode which is more uh, geared towards training the dog, using their food, and treating them more like a working dog than a, than a pet, and then the, the, the benefits and how that um, compounds, it almost multiplies the uh, intensity uh, and, and impactfulness of you asking for the dog to do something and then performing it while they're hungry and they're, they're getting their sustenance one kibble at a time. It does make a difference. So um, for a Malinois, if you were doing some sort of training like that, and you, you can even call it like kibble training, take half a bowl of their food that's measured out, put that in your treat pouch, and uh, issue that for obedience commands before they've had access to food and water in the morning for a meal. So you have an extra hungry dog, extra motivated for food, and then the kibble is a lower value, so you're getting the, the focus on that. The reason I'm mentioning this, Cassie, and and the rest of the audience is, is that if we take away the high value food, we replace it with something else just to make sure that there is some motivation there. But lowering the value of the food in a way can reduce the dependency on the food for performance. That's something that we ne always need to do during all kinds of dog training. And I don't think I've mentioned it that much during these podcasts, but eventually we need to put the, the reward system out to pasture. We need to um, uh, to get that ex extinct. We need to get it to go away so it's not necessary and the dog really is working for praise and affection as opposed to, hey, what are you going to give for me? So it is important to lower the value of the food. Now, what Cassie, I think, is talking about is the Kong toy is so highly valued by Krieger that he loses all kinds of focus on that because his excitement gets up there so far. 
So when I'm going back to the, the, the comment I was making earlier, when I'm training fetch, let's say, with a dog, and it's just play, I'll have, let's say, two tennis balls or two chuck it balls or two Kong uh, related uh, super chewer balls or toys or lacrosse balls. That's where I got off on this crazy tangent. These items, I'll have two of them. So one the dog gets, the other one I get. And we do kind of a, a, a uh, this for that swap meet. Um, the only way the dog can proceed uh, playing and having a good time with the, with the Kong is to release the existing Kong and get the next one. So you could run into the circumstance where the dog has one Kong and just figures, hey, I got one, I don't need two. Maybe he's not greedy. If that's the case, then we have the option of using Kibble in the Kong toy and dropping that to see if, if Krieger or any other Malinois or any other dog would release in that moment and gain uh, the, the reward, praise, and uh, affection schedule for that motivator. So dog understands, hey, for me to continue having a good time, I have to release it at some point. Also, um, the whole objective of impulse control training is usually get the dog to pay attention to me, not the object. That metaphorical object that's in your hand, if it's a food-based reward and your dog's staring at it, the idea is to get the dog to disregard looking at the food, but look in my eyes instead. And when the dog does that, that's when they're rewarded. Well, as the dog becomes more proficient in this and we become more comfortable with the process, we delay longer and longer before we reward the dog, thus getting more time involved. And the time uh, that goes by, a little bit of the excitement reduces. Obviously, the, the respiration of the dog, the dog, the, the, the heart that's racing, the adrenaline that's, that's pumping through the dog's veins and, and flooding the... The, the dog's brain all starts to settle down to a more normal level the longer we go and the better the dog can focus the dog won't be rattled around but in this particular instance what i would like to see is have the dog sit in a sit position and then their objective is if they have the kong they have to drop the Kong. They have to leave it. it uh, not leave it. Sorry. They have to drop it. So usually the command I use, because I'm a little bit old school, is out. I want it out of your mouth. Uh, it's kind of a Schutzen thing, um, you know, more personal protection stuff. For some reason, I feel that it's, um, it's just easier and rolls off the tongue easier than drop it. Because I already don't like the fact that I say leave it and it's, uh, uh, you know, two syllables. Sometimes it's a little clunky. But I do like to convey the idea of, you want this, I'll give you this if you drop that. And it also teaches kind of good protocol and, and etiquette. You know, if you want to focus on, on this other object, we have to give something up first. But mainly what you have to give up is your attention. So if the dog is looking in your eyes and you're able to maintain that gaze, whether you're holding the Kong, whether he's got a Kong, or there's two Kongs in play, it really needs, the dog needs to look at you. So uh, I'm using the, the Kong as the example because that's what she mentioned in the, uh, the little voice message. But that could easily be 
a ball. It could be um, a rope toy or any other dog toy. Geez, it could even be your shoes at that point. The greater focus that I, I want to convey here is we need a dog to treat that object as the high va highest value object and the motivator, just like working dogs. Working dogs in the military and, and police, most of those dog handlers and trainers don't run around with a treat pouch for apprehending bad guys or detecting explosives or narcotics. Traditionally speaking, they're those dogs are going to be motivated by play and affection. They get their affection almost all the time, everywhere they go, with their fellow brothers and sisters in law enforcement that basically are co-workers or in the military, again, their brothers and sisters in combat and in the service of defending your country. So they get their validation that way. Um, the ones that are just knocking around your house, they're looking for attaboys and I love yous and playtime and all that other stuff. So structured playtime with fetch would almost be a way to go that if I was going to say this to Cassie is that, listen, teach your dog how to play fetch with two Kong toys. So it's like, okay, Krieger, you know, uh, come touch, sit, leave it. He's got the, 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 the Kong in his, in his mouth. You have secondary Kong. He drops it. You throw it, release him, let him run after it. A good idea would also be have the dog pause and wait. Pausing and waiting would be before he pursues it. He has to make a decision. I have to either go or I'm going to come back. Okay. So the idea though, we are trading up for the dog. We're teaching the dog a little bit of impulse control by maintaining their position, not moving when, you know, you throw the, the object. And again, this is the objective of leave it. You know, uh, I think the last uh, the third episode I have in the podcast series on impulse control and leave it talks about starting to toss the treats over the dog's head. And when you do so, um, the idea is to get the, in, have the dog maintain their focus on you. And then the, the treat goes sailing over their head behind them. And then you, you give them a release word like okay or free or whatever. And then the dog's free to do whatever they want. But most importantly, they're released so they can go get their reward. And then when they do, you can, at that point, praise him and go, Atta boy, come here, and you give him all of his affection and whatnot. This is what's good about that, is that, you know, you can get the dog to pause, and you see, you toss it over their head once, and they lunge or they jump and flip and go behind them. You know, you're able to say, ah, ah, ah leave it, and, you know, maybe get, to get the dog back there. Because this is more advanced, uh, you know, uh, impulse control training. It, it does take it up a notch because, you know... As soon as you throw that thing, you have two things going through the air. It's a high-value food uh, food reward that the dog already knows they, they've accomplished the mission. They, they've, they left it. They looked at you, and then all of a sudden they see the treat flying over their head. Well, you didn't give a release command yet. But uh, also, if that particular um, treat that's flying through the air is a metaphor for a squirrel that's running overhead uh, in, in tree branches, that's exactly why we're doing impulse control. So that the dog doesn't look at the treat flying out of your hand and over their head and disregarding what you're looking at. I think the, the bigger win there is the dog looks over their head and starts to react and you go, ah, leave it. And they look back at you 
the treat lands behind them, you say okay or free or released or whatever you want to say as far as your release word, then the dog turns around and gets the treat. So that's where we make the distinction. You know, you could, tr you, Cassie could practice this in your own home. You could do this with the two, um, two toys. They don't even need to be the same thing a lot of times. So uh, a Malinois that has a lot of prey drive, which seems like this might be the case with, uh, with Krieger, you could actually uh, make the case that it doesn't matter what, what the toy is. I mean, the Kong is the ultimate. That's his favorite. But if he threw a squeaker toy over his head, he's probably going to try and track that, chomp on it and pounce it down and bring it back to you anyway. So the idea is stay put, don't touch it, look at me instead, and we can even take this to an even more basic level. So let's do this particular pattern. Get your dog to sit and stay. Take about three paces backwards. Have the Kong toy behind your back. So either in your pocket, uh, in a jacket pocket sleeve, tucked behind your waistband uh, of your uh, pants or something like that, so the dog doesn't see it. You've done a couple of rounds of, of basic uh, obedience training, so you have the dog in work mode already. Now what you can do is tell your dog to leave it. Show them a treat, high-value, food-based reward, just like you always do. Then, as the dog's focusing on you, looking in your eyes, and you know you've got them for three to five seconds, let's just say in five seconds, after that countdown has taken place, slowly grab the, the Kong toy from behind your back. Bring it out, present it to the dog, remind the dog, if they even flinch, even if they blink, I would tell that dog, Krieger, leave it, and then have them look back at you. If they start to advance, if they twitch, if they stand up, if they lunge, if they bark, if they do anything, if they basically break their gaze with you, put that 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 Kong toy back behind your back and they don't get it. They don't get any more rewards. Nothing else happens. They have to reset themselves. They have to go back to watching you. The biggest thing I'm trying to teach here is no matter what the distraction, no matter how great it is, whether it's their best friend in the whole world that's wrapped in bacon across a busy highway holding their favorite Kong toy. If you say leave it, that dog's supposed to stop doing what they're doing and look at you. And it will always end up the same way. They have to pause. They have to break their concentration over the stimuli, the prey, the important thing in their world in that moment and come back to what's truly important is being calm, focused, and attentive to you. Once you're satisfied and you've determined it's okay and it's safe for them to proceed, then sure, the dog can run across the street and go say hello to their best friend that's wrapped in bacon and holding a Kong toy. Those high-value rewards and that stimuli is really, really um, enticing to a lot of dogs. And I know staring at a very highly motivated, very energetic um, working dog or a dog that comes from working, working minds, it's really challenging to get that, that attention. But it's definitely possible. Now, of course, you can go to some of the methods I, I was talking about earlier on in some of the podcasts where you have, you know, replacing the treat with the Kong toy in your hand. But I'm not going to suggest that, you know, you should get bit or the dog should jump and scratch and try and forge it from your hand. No, it, it really is 
however you present this to the dog, and I gave you that last example for a reason, however you're presenting it to the dog, fast or slow, we don't have the ability to control 100% of the environment and the stimuli that will be in that environment. And the higher the distraction, and the it will probably result in a less lesser amount of focus. Now, I mean, obviously, this is something that will grow in time the more you practice it. And the more you practice it, the better the dog's going to get. But we have to have a steady schedule of it getting more and more complicated so that the dog actually does hit a level of a plateau and they actually do some somewhat fail. And from I'm hoping what Cassie's going through is she's successful with food-based rewards. She's successful with high-value food-based rewards, let's say with cheese or you know uh, chicken or hot dogs or, or, or whatever. And it's gone beyond just kibble. It's gone beyond just a, a, like a regular uh, treat. It's gotten to a point where now she's hit on kind of the, the holy grail of, of her dog's um, focus and, and dog training. If we can get Krieger to not focus on their favorite toy but their favorite human in the presence of the toy means that they can suppress themselves against prey. They can suppress themselves against loud noises, fearful events, and stimuli and environmental things that you can never possibly reproduce or spontaneously conjure up in any way, shape, or form. This is where your training starts to take a major turn, and it takes a turn to the positive. Because if you can get a dog in a very busy environment to look towards you for an answer or look towards you for a moment of clear, focused clarity and looking for the next thing to do. You have what you've achieved in that, that, that behavior training is a lot of control with the dog and your possibilities are basically endless. So, um, with that, hopefully Cassie, I was able to answer the question about your awesome Malinois dog uh, Krieger, definitely give him some freeze-dried liver for me and let him play with the Kong toy. Hopefully, uh, you can message me back and let me know how you did with that. Um, and if anybody else has any questions that they'd like to submit for episodes they'd like to hear on the podcast, um, definitely go to anchor.fm forward slash Adam dash Casper. Again, the support icons there. You can, um, support me for as little as 99 cents a month. You can submit a voice question there, but also importantly on that page is all my social media links for Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, and Twitter. I'd gladly accept a private message or a direct message for a question. Um, the voice messages are great. Um, I love the fact that you guys can interact with me that way, and I can base a podcast around that. But if it's more one-on-one, we can start off with a direct email. So anybody who hears this that has a question by all means, you can email me anytime, day or night. It's adam at casperdogtraining.com. And I usually get back to you within a couple hours. I'm usually pretty good at that. Also, um, again, I want to thank everybody for listening, um, for all your support. Please don't forget, on your um, podcast provider, follow, rate me, uh, subscribe, and uh, share, 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 share. Share it to everybody you, you know. Um, and if anybody you do know needs some sort of dog training, and if that person happens to be you, don't forget, go to my website, casperdogtraining.com, and book an online dog training session today. 
Um, my schedule now for the next couple of weeks, it's filled up in the morning. I have no slots available. So, you know, it's kind of getting to the point where I'm throwing out these offers. I might not be able to do this on the podcast and tell you guys about it anymore because I'm not going to have the availability to do it. So, uh, it is just me guys. So when you hear this podcast and when I deal with you as a, as a client, it is me and you and your family and your dog. That's it. Um, there's no other people involved at this point. I do have somebody that, uh, before COVID-19 was starting with me, starting to get ramped up. Um, and, uh, she will be rejoining me when things resume back to normal, but I don't know when that's going to be. It's probably at least a couple of weeks. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for your support. And, uh, hopefully Cassie, um, I satisfied what you were looking for. Give me some sort of indication one way or the other. Let me know how it worked out. And uh, I will take this and actually make yet another podcast down the road about um, replacing some of the motivators uh, with from from kibble to treats to high value treats to favorite toys and objects down to ex- extinguishing all that stuff, making sure that the dog only responds appropriately to your voice command. And then at the end, you know, they will get a reward and chances are that's going to be you looking at them going good job buddy good job all right with that everybody good job keep up the good work stay safe stay home at this point we're not quite out of the woods yet we we can return to life as as usual when it becomes a little more like as usual um, stay healthy wash your hands and take care of each other be well cheers <laughs>